Let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Father, be with us. Lord, don't leave us to ourselves, and if you be not with us, don't let us go. As you see fit, Lord, add to your church daily. While there's water in the brook, Lord, while your rain and your dew come in this dry and desolate land, save a widow with child that's poor and needy. Find a poor and needy soul, Lord, and let us preach to them. Allow us to tell your word and your promises. Give us ears to hear. Gather two or three in your name as it pleases you, Lord. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. First Kings 17. Hopefully this morning we can see the prophet, the widow, the message, and the reaction to the message. We've got two stories this morning. This will be our first one. First Kings 17. I want us to see the prophet, the widow, the message, and the reaction this morning. There's two stories we're going to be looking at. I didn't really know which one I was going to preach first, and I don't know that I'll preach a second one. This may be the only thing for us today. But both stories we'll see are so similar. This one and, and Rachel being found, that faithful servant. They're both so similar. The first one we're going to look at this morning, it's more the way you and I see things, more the way we feel, more the way we understand this world. And in the second hour, that's the way the Lord sees it. That's much more precious than the way I see it. And his, our perception has no impact on his reality, and I'm thankful to him for that. Here in 1 Kings 17, we read of a prophet named Elijah. This is the first mention of him. And he's speaking to King Ahab. Ahab was married to a woman named Jezebel. And it says in the previous chapter, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. That's quite a charge. And here comes God's prophet. Where did he come from? <laughs> Don't say, does it? When did Elijah die? He didn't. Lord come and took him. And if it's appointed a man wants to die in the judgment, maybe it ain't physical death the Lord's talking about. Did Elijah die? He died in Adam, didn't he? I hope we can learn some things. Let's read our text here in 1 Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Here's Elijah the prophet's first message that he ever preached. As the Lord God of Israel liveth. And he does. What a message. We can just stop there for about two or three months, couldn't we? As he liveth before whom I stand. Do you stand before another? How does he stand? Who can stand before the Lord? Man saved by Christ's blood, can he? He knows something. As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall be, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, 
but according to my word. Operatively, it ain't going to rain, and you ain't even going to see as much as the dew pulled up in the morning until I say so. I thought about setting down for fire for effect on that one. Until I speak, it ain't going to rain, and you ain't even going to have dew operatively. Operatively. How that comes to pass in the world. It ain't going to rain. <laughs> there ain't even going to be humidity. We won't recover our humidity at night time. <laughs> there ain't going to be no dew. That's going to change some people. If God's pleased to do so. And if not, they'll just die thirst. That's all I had to say. It ain't going to rain. There ain't going to be no dew until I say. Mm. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and return thee eastward and hide thyself in the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, when he came to the door of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. What a message. What a convicting, convicting message. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake as the Lord your God <laughs> liveth. I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. For, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, a whole year. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. This famine that was brought on was on purpose. It was a needed famine. It was a needed famine. And it physically happened. They didn't have much meal. And there was nothing to grow. And the cattle was all sick and starving to death. And, and they started buying water from other places. Have you ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> it's happening right up a road that way, isn't it? Maybe we ought to pay attention. But what's he talking about? Whenever Elijah said, 
As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. Why didn't he just say it's going to be a drought? Why did he say dew or rain? Turn over to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32. Look here in verse 1. Deuteronomy 32, 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. There ain't going to be no rain. And my speech, the word of the Lord, shall distill as the dew. You ain't going to have no doctrine. More importantly, you ain't going to have no dew. The word of the Lord ain't going to be there. As a small rain upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass, because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He's the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. That's precious. You know what that is? That's good doctrine. <laughs> People say, what's your doctrine? He's the rock. He's perfect. <laughs> What's his word? He's the rock and he's perfect. All his ways are judgment. He's a God of truth. He has no iniquity. And he's right and just. There'll come a time when that's a famine. Our brother Paul Mahan, I thanked him the other day. I said, thank you so much, Paul. Oh, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. He said, what do I do to deserve that? I said, years ago, you preached from this text. I'm going to preach from tomorrow. I said, and if nobody thanked you that day, I thank you now. Oh, that's wonderful. That's precious. Like if you was thirsty and you got a, got a glass of water and you got to drink it. Oh, go <laughs> drink till you hurt. Oh, till you get your side starts hurting. And then just and again, fill that water up again. I don't want this to happen. I want to have me another full thing. Turn over to Amos 4. Amos. Here's what happens whenever the Lord's words dried up. Amos 4, it's one of the minor prophets. It's after you find Isaiah in a couple books. You have Daniel. You've got Hosea, Joel, and Amos. If you get to Obadiah and Micah, you went too far. Amos 4. Amos 4, verse 6. Lord speaks so plain. He's a master artist that uses words to paint a picture. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. And it never gets, I saw this brush my teeth this morning, brush my teeth last night. Amos 4, 6. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. That's masterful. Cleanness of teeth. You know what that means? Let me tell you what that means. You ain't got nothing stuck in your teeth. I can, every time I get something stuck, it's right there in that one spot. And after I go, brother, oh, I didn't even see that. And they're sucking their teeth. I ain't making a horrible noise. Boy, it hurts my ears so bad. Why? They ain't got nothing to eat. Your teeth's clean as a whistle. Because you're going to start death. I've made, who did that? Who does this famine? God did. Elijah just told him what the Lord said, didn't he? And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. This country may be, it's been a long time since we've seen a famine. And since it's just been, I mean, dire straits. We've had it too good for too long. And if the Lord seen fit to do so, to bring horrible trials to this nation, who's going to call out on him? 
who set the trial. When was the last time it rained? It was what, a month ago? Did you go outside, look up, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your rain. This morning I walked outside and dew was dripping off the, off the roof. There's a couple little wet spots here and there. And that one flower bed we gets watered by the dew dripping off the, I don't have to water it. <laughs> Lord waters it. Thank you for that dew, Lord. Thank you for watering my plants today. Mm. Verse 7, And also have I withholding the rain from you when there were yet three months to harvest. I was think, trying to think of some plants. A couple, a couple of them go more than three months to harvest when you plant them. Pumpkins maybe, one or two other ones. Just about anything's harvested within 90 days, mostly 60 to 90 days. And he said, you put your seeds in the ground thinking you're going to eat? That's whenever I sent the drought. Right whenever you think you're just planting seed. Oh, we're, we're sowing churches. I'll send the drought. And I caused it to rain upon one city and caused it not to rain upon the other city. One piece was rained upon and the piece whereupon it rained, not withered. So two or three cities wandered into one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have I not returned unto me, saith the Lord. They gathered together, try to find water. What's he talking about? Amos 8, verse 11. A couple pages. Amos 8, verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water. Not just that. That happened operatively, but speculatively. Spiritually. Not practically, but spiritually. But a hearing of the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from the Pacific to the Atlantic, and from north even to the east, and shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. And that day shall the fair virgins, those that seem so pure, and young men, strong, they're going to faint. You're going to kill over dead from thirst. I've seen physical famine in my life. I saw little tiny people, little short people with distended bellies where it looks like they're, they just ate Thanksgiving dinner. They're all swelled out. Flies landing on their eyeballs and walking around. They don't even blink. I've, I've seen physical famine. I've experienced it. I've seen it. That changed me. Do you get that? Can you enter into that? I've seen them. You've seen them, brother. That changed me. <laughs> that changed me. If you ever entertain the thought of a spiritual famine, it'll change you. Some of you have. Some of you have been fed briefly, and then that table got cleared. There wasn't no plates, no forks, no tablecloths, no nothing. If you entertain the thought of a spiritual famine, It'll change you. Old, old wore out cassette tapes and, and whatever newfangled digital devices they have ain't going to cut it. We need fellowship. We need to hear. Hear with our ears from somebody's mouth. If you've ever entertained the thought of a spiritual famine, it'll change you. We can't store up manna for tomorrow. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go weave two or three baskets for whenever it comes next. Ain't it? I'm going to keep me and you all on, on reserve in case i got to move. <laughs> mm. Why? Why does the Lord send physical famine? Why does he send spiritual famine? Just like Naomi and Ruth. Naomi was taken down there to Moab. God killed her whole family. Why? Christ had to come. 
But Ruth had to come with her. That's precious. Why was there a census done? Why is the government numbering its people and charging us taxes? So Christ could be born in Bethlehem. Isn't that right? So the Lord could save his people. Why do we have hope when hard things come? We know our only hope, just as David did. He said in Psalm 33, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive from famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Hmm. It's Elijah. He has no recorded beginning, and we know he didn't die physically. The Lord carried him away. Is he like us? This one that preached? James told us that. I'm thankful I found that. Eliza was a man subject to like passions as we are. He wasn't no different than me. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth in the space of three years and six months. And then you know how the rain came back? He spoke. He prayed. What a powerful thing. Mm. First message he ever preached was right here, back in our text, 1 Kings 17. And Eliza the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That was it. That was his whole message. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, as before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I'm going to provide for you. Lord ain't without a witness. Now he was protected. He was hidden. <laughs> he didn't have any enemies. He had plenty of food. But he was a man just like me. You think it was ever about, about 1.30 in the evening? Because them ravens brought him meat and bread in the mornings and meat and bread in the evenings. He got two good meals a day. You think maybe about 1.45 he went, I'm hungry. And he's about a year and a half in. You, you think him ravens are going to come this evening? I don't know if they'll come. He's like me. That's what I think. But, but the Lord had him there. And I was going to, I could go on for several days about these ravens. And, but uh, there's a man up in New York City I knew got a ticket one time. He trained ravens, crows, to go steal money out of people's pockets and then bring it back. He didn't work. Guy made like $100,000 a year sitting in his apartment. I want to get into bird training business. And I thought, the Lord trained these ravens. He commanded them. <laughs> Go get my servant food. And they went and got it, didn't they? Then yesterday, my pastor didn't know I was preaching on this. This ain't Psalm 25, is it? We're not in Psalms this morning. He sent me a thing, a big old eagle. Had a baby goat. I bet that thing weighed 30 pounds, taking it down a hill. <laughs> his tum both of them tumbling together, and he'd just stick his wings out. And I thought, well, here, I, this whole, my whole life, I thought Elijah probably just had just a little old hunk of meat and just a little piece of bread. He probably had a full goat. <laughs> Lord provided abundantly for him, didn't he? Mm. It says, and he did, he went and did according to the word of the Lord, verse 5, for he went and dwelt by the brook of Sherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Had a creek running right next to him during a horrible drought that brought on horrible famine. All he was provided for in such comfort. He didn't have any prophesying to do. He didn't have to deal with any enemies. He was protected. He was hidden. Plenty of food in this harsh famine. Plenty of water. In this horrible drought. Comfy. Comfy, wasn't he? Lord, don't leave us comfortable too long. 
You start getting good and comfortable, better watch it. If you're his, better watch it's going to come, isn't it? Lord didn't leave him there. If the Lord has a prophet, he's going to use him. If the Lord makes somebody a preacher, he's going to make him preach. If he has a child, they're going to be a profitable child, a profitable servant. He's going to put him to work. Verse 7, And it came to pass while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Time passed. The brook dried up. It, physically, you wouldn't, you wouldn't disagree with me one bit in the world. We, got, we may have the world's largest concrete structure that's a bridge. Not too many hours from here real soon. If the Lord's so pleased to dry this place up. If there ain't no water, if there's no water in the brook, you can dig all the wells you want and you can't get no water, move. Well, Kevin, I get that. Well, if it comes to that, I get that. If the Lord ever dries up a place where there's no spiritual dew or rain, move. I, <laughs> ain't nobody done it yet, but if it happens, move, up, go. The purpose of this famine, millions of people dying, millions and millions of animals dying and perishing, was to save one Gentile woman. Do you know that? Verse 8, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. You know what it is? Tyre and, Tyre and Sidon. <laughs> and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. I was sustaining you. This was miraculous. I had ravens, not doves. I had ravens come and take care of you. They brought you meat. They brought you bread. Twice a day, I had a brook right there for you the whole time, however long it was. He was with her at least a year, so it was a good, good patch of time. And I protected you the whole time. That was miraculous. Now, I want you to go down to this Gentile land, and I got a widow woman down there. She's going to sustain you. That's what he tells his prophet. There's so many things that aren't understood in this generation that I think is absolutely deplorable. And it ought to, over time, the Lord will teach us. It's absolutely terrible. But I want to put these in perspective for you of what ought to be horrible. Here was a, a, a Jewish prophet, <laughs> God's prophet, to Israel, and God said, you go to the Gentiles. They're going to say, what? It would never occur to me. It wouldn't even cross my mind to go to them Gentiles. You got to the, the heathen world. Go to the heathens. I'm going to use them to take care of you. On top of that, that's bad enough. You go to a woman. Shameful thing if a woman's going to provide for a man. God told his prophet, you go to the heathen, you go to a woman, and you go to that woman that's a widow. You're in a famine. His word's nowhere. His food's nowhere. His reign's nowhere. And you go to a woman, Gentile woman, that's a, a widow. She has no man to take care of her. She's going to sustain you. Oh, by the way, she has a child. <laughs> Does any of this make sense to you? It ought not. It ought not. Go to the world. Go to the heathens. A, a, a woman, which shouldn't use authority over man, 
She should be dependent on her husband. She don't have a husband. She's a widow, and she's got a child. The Lord said, that's who I'm going to use to sustain you in this horrible drought that I've sent in the word of the Lord and physically. And we'll starve to death left and right. You go to her. Does that make sense to you? So he arose and went to Zarephath. <laughs> he went. Oh, yes, Lord. He up and went. Does it make sense? Don't make a lick of sense to me, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He believed God, didn't he? These unlikely means was the very ones our Lord was going to save an elect child of his. What's this? Is this just some widow happened to make him a cake? This is election. This election. This is how God promised to save some people that sinned against him. Didn't even know him. They weren't looking for him. <laughs> our Lord preached this on good ground, ain't we? Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel. So he's telling those Israelites, those ones that believed in election, they thought they was it. He said, there's a whole mess of widows in Israel. In the days of Elias, days of Elijah, the days of this famine I sent. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. <laughs> God sent this whole family. Did all this to save one widow woman that was his, that he loved before time was. All these things that are contrary to just good common sense sometimes. That's horrible. Sins of, the, of mankind. Ahab's out there worshiping Baal as hard as he can go. God did save one widow woman. But first, there must be a need made manifest. Lord, don't just show up and hit peaches and cream and just hand you everything you want. That ain't how it works. A need's going to be, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. The Holy Ghost has got to come and convict this woman of sin. Do you know that? That's what has to happen. We'll convict Christ's righteousness that everything, every word comes out of his mouth is true and that judgment's done. It's all wrapped up. Verse 10. I'll hurry. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, where does God's people gather? Christ the door, where he's preached, isn't it? There wasn't nobody preaching there, but she was at church anyway, so that's where they used to preach. I don't know. His spirit went ahead. We'll see it next hour. But He went to the gate of the city. Behold, a widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee. That means go do it now. Fetch me right now. A little water in a vessel. He didn't say I need five gallons. You just go get me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Practically, it hadn't rained in years, had it? Go get me some water. Well, that's impossible. Are you crazy? Well, it ain't, they ain't even do falling off the rain. We can catch five-gallon buckets. That's impossible. And we heard this before, go get me a drink. We're going to hear it next hour. The Lord told that woman, give me the drink, because the disciples were in the city buying meat. And the woman said, how, how is it thou, being a Jew, ask me to drink, which is a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And he said, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it was that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. But he asked this woman, give me something to drink. Give me something to drink. Just like Eliezer is going to ask Rachel, give me a drink, I pray thee. A little pitcher of water. He didn't say a whole bunch, a little pitcher of water. But we remember, though, that's physically, that's shocking, isn't it? Ask you to do something you can't do. She took off running. 
she must have, they must have been a little bit of something. But what was that rain? What was that water? My doctrine shall drop as rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. Well, spiritually, he said, you get me some sound doctrine. Oh, man, anybody can do that. We, we scrounge up some doctrine. People love doctrine. Doctrine's all over the place. Dime a dozen. Let me see what I can scrounge up for you. But doctrine doesn't save, it divides. Do you know that? The scriptures alone do not save somebody. Christ must. <laughs> the God of the scriptures must save. I can get you doctrine. I'll get you some proof verses. <laughs> Bursitis. <laughs> oh, what a horrible thing. Deplorable. That's a shame. That's what that is. Hold on, I'll go get it. Verse 11, as she was going to fetch it, I can get that. Oh, Elijah, just like me, he said something with an intended outcome and it didn't work too well. <laughs> it backfired on him. So he had to dig a little deeper. He had to swing a little harder for the fences. And he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. You get me a little water, but you get me a piece of bread too. You bring me Christ. Don't just bring me your doctrine that anybody can go get dime stores. You bring me Christ, who the doctrine's about. Bring me the bread of life. And she said, Lord, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I don't have that. Oh, she's needy. Physically, yeah, she didn't have no water and she didn't have no cakes. She didn't have bread prepared. She was physically needy. But boy, spiritually, she was needy. She was needy. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. If I can get to it, that's precious. It's in a barrel. You know what a barrel is? Big, ain't it? I got a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. I'm poor and needy. You know what that means? I ain't got nothing. I can't come up with nothing. I ain't worth nothing. And I'm going to die. That's poor and needy. There have been a lot of people the Lord saves that were poor, physically poor, but not lazy. What was she out doing? She was out getting two sticks, wasn't she? She may have only had that last biscuit, but she went out and she got the sticks to make the food with to feed her child. She didn't take advantage of some government program, and she didn't excuse herself for one reason or another to be accepted and justify in her own mind while taking handouts, and she didn't look to, to lean on somebody else and take advantage of them. We need to hear this as trials begin to come to this nation. The Lord's people aren't to be begging bread. Is that right? Is that what David said? I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the Lord's people begging bread. Why? They take care of each other. I can wave my, well, the first two years, I can't now. I could wave my Social Security. I don't have to put in Social Security. You know how much that saved me? <laughs> you know, why would the government let somebody do that? Because the Lord's people take care of the Lord's people. The Lord takes care of them. He provides for them, and they take care of one another. The government recognizes, our evil, wicked, stupid government recognizes that. Lord's people aren't to be begging bread, and they're not to be taking advantage of people. They're to support one another. And this woman's needy, and she knows it. And she knows it leads to death for her and those family members of her, and everybody like her. If we don't have Christ, the bread of life, we're going to die. We're on the same boat. And verse 13, Elijah said unto her, Fear not. That's good, isn't it? We heard that a lot throughout the scriptures. Lord's people scared. They might be physically poor and they're poor in spirit and they're needy and they're afraid. Their soul has value to them. 
we hear fear not. How precious. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast, but make me therefore a little cake first. And bring it unto me. I ain't coming to your house. You bring it to me. And after, make for thee and thy son. What's he telling her? Have faith. Have faith. You're poor and needy. What our Lord say? Let not your heart be troubled. Fear not. You believe in God, believe also in me. Believe in God. Have faith. Act on it. Don't just have it and lock it in a safe somewhere in your basement. <laughs> Fear not. Go do what I tell you. And you give of your first fruits. Not everything, just a little bit. As you've been increased, you give of your first fruits. You go make me a little cake. And you give it to me first. Believers need to support the furtherance of the gospel. And you ought to do that with your first fruits. If you don't want to support here or wherever, somebody listening, wherever they are, if they don't want to support there, that's fine. You send it to another faithful work. It'll be good for you and it'll be good for them. But believers need to support the gospel work. Earnestly. And they will. Lord makes his people generous and kind and care. We'll sit next hour. Uh, they go above and beyond. His people do. How much, them, now them ravens, they brought Elijah whatever God commanded them. But I bet they was over eating as hard as they could before they loaded up their little claws, didn't they? <laughs> well, I, that's what I have to bring. <laughs> Paul talks about that. that extent, don't, don't give them necessity. Give joyfully. People say, well, this is taking advantage of widows. Our Lord spoke of that in Mark 12. Where are the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace and titles and look at my fancy outfits. Hello. Ugh the chief seats in the synagogue and the uppermost rooms at the feast so they can be seen of men, which devour widows' houses. That's what they do. And for a pretense, make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. But rather, that's not what this is, is it? Did Elijah go down there to devour that woman's house? He went on the promises of God. He went on the command and will of God, didn't he? What's she doing? How could she... What in the world would make her go take? That's the last one. <laughs> and make him a little cake? Like pinch him off a little piece and bake that first for God's profit? Wherefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things are Gentiles. That's the he that she's a Gentile. But the Lord's saying in the world, For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. It's just a biscuit. If he can provide his son, <laughs> if he gave his son for us, we'll be all right with some biscuits, won't we? But seek ye first the kingdom of God. First, first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these shall be added unto you. She went to go make him a biscuit first. Who's helping who here? She's here to sustain Elijah, what the Lord said, isn't it? All but Elijah's doing something for her. Elijah's doing something for her. You think she's hard to live with? They're going to be together for a year. I'm going to make you a biscuit you stay on that side of the house. That ain't the heart of God's people, is it? It ain't. She might have had some, some, some moments here and there. She sustained Elijah, but Elijah was going to do something for her. We've met the prophet. We've met the poor, needy widow. The command was given. Faith, believe. What are we commanded to do? Believe on the Son of God. Repent and believe. Believe, repent, be baptized. You know what we're told to do? He said, have faith. Fear not. Here's the message. Why in the world would this woman believe this prophet? <laughs> How can she even know he's a prophet? How can she know that this is God's man? Verse 14. 
for. Because. You see that? Look down at it. Verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Here's the message. God said, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day of the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. That meal you have, it will not fail. That oil you have, it will not go away. Until God's pleased to send rain, send life, and that's not needed anymore. It ain't going to fail. Does that mean you ain't going to go hungry and and, and when SDG and E's rate hikes go up, that we ain't gonna be in the poorhouse. No, you might end up in the poorhouse. <laughs> you may be going switching back and forth between beans and rice and rice and beans. Mix things up a little bit. That may happen. But the bread, the meal, the body of Christ, it ain't gonna fail. It's gonna be sufficient just for you, as long as it's needed. And that oil, that anointing oil. That's what, what God declares holy. If it touches it, whatever that oil touches is holy. It's mine, he told Moses. The blood of Christ, whatever on them doorposts, <laughs> wherever it is, wherever it's applied, that ain't going to fail. Why? God said so. God said so. the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ shall not fail till the rains come back, till his word comes, till we pass over the Jordan. And we're with him in glory. Then we won't need faith. We'll have sight. It'll be gone. Love will remain, won't it? God made this promise to this woman. But let me tell you something. God does not make promises except to needy folks. If you can do it yourself, these promises are not for you. If you can, well, I can borrow a little bit of meal off my neighbor. I can borrow a little bit of meal off of what I had years ago. There's a message I listened to. Boy, it's just precious. These promises ain't for you. These are promises for needy folks. The prophet sent a God only telling the words of the Lord. That's <laughs> what God said. The widow, needy, poor, but she's the Lord's widow, isn't she? The message, fear not, the Lord provides. Isn't that it? Isn't that what he's saying? By the word of the Lord, he's going to provide what's needed, whatever's needed. He's going to provide it. He provides everything needed for life. What's the response? If there was ever, if I could find an old widow, Gentile, widow, poor, with a child, <laughs> I mean, dire straits, that needed something. Get a word from the Lord and give it to her. What would be the response? Verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. <laughs> Obedience and faith go hand in hand. You hear me? The Lord said, I know my sheep. I call them by name. And they follow me. Not, that one's mine. Who we? They follow me. She obeyed. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Was this Elijah's doing? Did he have his wield over this widow? He just told her what the Lord says. <laughs> what he commanded. And she and he and her house did eat many days for a year. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. God provided the meal and the oil every day, just like those ravens had. Elijah had experienced this. He knew what it was like. And so he could go tell his sister what this was like. That's why we need each other. That's why there must be two 
or three gathered, fitly framed together. We need each other. We need fellowship. That way one can go through a trial and look at the other one and say, I've lived through this. Just like Samuel went and uh, anointed David. And David's like, I'm just a teenager, man. What in the world's going on? Samuel said, I was too. I've lived that part like you have. Let me tell you what God did. He provided. <laughs> Message don't change, does it? It don't change. The Lord provided oil every day. It wasn't filled up once a week and they had a whole bunch, but manna, just like the manna, it was every day. And like that manna, the children of Israel, they had to bend down to get it. It was on the ground, wasn't it? You got to stoop. Like Rachel's going to have to get off that high camel. You're going to have to get knocked off your high horse and stoop down and get that manna. This was in a barrel, wasn't it? You imagine a little old woman. Here's a 55-gallon drum. Where's that little one scoop of meal at? Down at the bottom? You get that? She had to reach down every time. And you know what she found down there? What was needed of the Lord. You've got the bottom of the barrel standing right in front of you. I'm his. <laughs> I've got his meal. There's just a little bit, and it's down at the bottom. She had to reach down and get that handful. That's good, isn't it? I don't need to get too trusting of what the Lord's given me. I need to reach for it every day. I need to lean on Him and see His mercies every day. I need that. Could you imagine if that barrel was full? I'd trust it. Can you imagine? He said, go down and find a widow. What if she had a big old W tattooed on her forehead? What's your big sign on top of her? Elect! What if we heard a message one time and I thought, that right there, now I know I'm, I'm a... I'd worship that and not the one that saved me. You see that? We're not to trust what the Lord has given us, the fruits of the Spirit, the love, anything. But we're to trust the one that gives it. You see that? That's what she did. People argue with me. Later, she, Elijah brings her son back to life. And she said, now I know. Now I know you're, you're the Lord's man. She's been living with him for a year, been eating this meal. When does she know? I don't know if she's alive during the famine, wasn't she? <laughs> God's prophet came. She ate what he gave her. What the Lord provided, she stayed alive, and then she kind of come to a little bit later, huh? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, give us our daily bread. Give us our meal and our oil today. Lord, give us the strength and the heart of love to go gather sticks, to serve you, to do what you put in our hand as unto our Lord. Make us that way. We're so feeble, Lord, and so needy. In a dry and thirsty land. Be with us as you see fit, Lord. And if it pleases you to dry up a brook, move us. Like Jonah, Lord, make us where you want us. We know you will, Lord, but we petition, we ask anyway. Keep us as you promised you will keep us. Sustain us as you've promised to provide, as your name declares. Lord, allow us to tell others of it. It's in Christ's precious name that we ask it. Amen. All right, brethren. We'll take about a 15-minute break. <laughs>